All right, good evening. I'll try another one. Dios le bendiga. Dios le bendiga. How do you respond? You say, Amen. Dios le bendiga means uh, God bless you in Spanish. So you respond, Amen, and that basically means it's an agreement with it. So Dios le bendiga. There you go. All right, this week, Lord willing, I'm going to share some on um, different worldviews and how that does impact us as, as humans, as, as, as citizens of this world, <laughs> uh, and how we view the world. We're going to talk about that a little bit. This is a class I do teach at Faith, and I had taught at Faith, and so a lot of this information is coming from my class and it's, it's called, the book was used, Understanding the Times. Uh, it's uh, by a ministry called Summit Ministries, which they would do uh, different, um, I know my son Kedrick had attended, I think it was a two-week course on worldviews, and they would do it for people like um, young people, maybe they're from high school, going into college, and just as before they go into college, you help them get their base of what they believe before they go into these colleges and get taught all sorts of things. So it's a ministry that goes around different places, I think, and does that. And uh, because, as we know, <laughs> there's various worldviews in the world that are not Christian. And, and where that takes them and where and how that uh, um, affects how someone lives out their life. So today, uh, we're going to talk about, first of all, what worldviews are, and then... Uh, Christianity. So Christianity is one of the six that we want to be discussing this week, and we're going to base the first one on Christianity, because as we all know, I've heard, you've heard this story before, I'm sure, if you're working in the banking industry, I've heard this, that they don't, um, when someone comes in uh, to work there as a teller, they would teach them what a dollar bill or a five dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill looks like, the original, <laughs> and then if a false one comes in, they will understand or be able to recognize the false one. And so they don't go around and teach all the false ways a bill can be changed. They teach the original, then any faults will, sh- will stick out. And it's the same way with worldviews. Once we understand what the Christian viewpoint is uh, and what it's based on in Scripture, from there now we can recognize when other teachings get brought in and how that uh, is true or it's false according to Scripture, according to our Christian worldview, which I believe is true. <laughs> and I know it's true. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter what we believe it or not, it's still true, right? It is. It is. Scripture is true whether I believe it or you believe it or anybody believes it. God's Word is God's Word is God's Word. And we can have confidence in that. So to start out this evening, I want to go ahead and pass. I have some worksheets we'll start out with. And so if someone would like to help me pass these out, that'd be great. Who would like to help me out here? I have a couple people. There you go. Thank you. Here. 
All right, thank you. Was there enough, sort of enough? Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, I'll introduce a little bit who I am, I guess. First of all, my name is Lauren Yoder. Uh, we live in Redding, Redding, Pennsylvania. Um, we lived in Mexico several years, worked with church planting, and that's why I started out with uh, Dios le bendiga. <laughs> it's a Spanish phrase you'd hear quite a bit. Uh, when someone comes up front and they started, uh, before they start, they say that word, uh, phrase and they respond back amen and you'd even hear it on the streets it's very common uh, with that as far as the relationship side or just talking to people deals le bendiga and they'd respond back so it's just it's an interesting it's as i talk to people it's interesting some of the cultural things in the hispanic is similar to the amish it about seems like one thing they do a lot is when you come into a room you go around and shake everybody's hand and it sounds like with the Amish, that's also a common thing going on, shaking everybody's hands when you come into a room. When you leave, you shake hands again. And also, as you, if you're talking to someone, you're ready to leave, you would shake their hands and maybe you start talking some more. You should leave right away, you'll shake their hand again. <laughs> and, uh, and I got me in trouble here already. I remember coming home one time on vacation or furlough and going into a like an auto shop, the vehicle had some trouble, and I went in, and I come in, and I'm getting ready to shake the guy's hand. He's probably thinking I'm a salesman or something. (laughs) I was just used to shaking hands all the time. And and even the whole thing, I found myself another thing, we'll shake hands, you'll you'll shake a hand, and you'll come up and you'll pat them on the the, uh, shoulder, and you can drop, or like like this, this, shake your hands, and you come back and you shake them the second time as, as you go through it. Shake hands like this, and come back and shake again. And I found myself every time like this, shake it like this, and come back, and the person, I kind of had to put my hand in my pocket a second. <laughs> They're not ready to shake hands that second time. And kind of an awkward thing there for a little bit. But now I'm getting used to it. But anyway, that's a few things. Uh, the Hispanic culture is similar, to, to, uh, I understand, other ways that people, um, as far as with the Amish community also. Cultures are interesting. They're fun. And different cultures, we look at these worldviews, will come out. And it's interesting how this all plays together uh, within our societies. So basically, when you take the, think of the world worldview, the term worldview, what do you think of? What is a term? It's view of what? View of the world, right? You break that, that term down, worldview, the view of the world, and how you view the world. And basically, the freedictionary.com said, if you want to fill in the blanks here, you're welcome to it. If you have a pen, hopefully you have a pen. Should have told everyone to bring a pen. Bring a pen this week. I'll probably have worksheets, uh, hopefully about every night, that we can fill in to help us 
walk through this uh, teaching on worldviews. So the freedictionary.com says, number, letter A, is the overall perspective from which one sees and interprets the world. From one sees and interprets the world. That's letter A. Letter B is, it's a collection of beliefs about life and the universe held by an individual or a group. A collection of beliefs about life and the universe held by an individual or a group. So here you have, it's how one interprets the world, how you see the world. I know it's easy for all of us to think, everybody sees the world just like I do. We assume that it's easy for me to do the same thing, that when someone sees this or sees that or sees this situation or that situation, well, I have the correct, I have the correct way of looking at it. This is, how I, this is right. And it very well might be. <laughs> But my, what I've been taught, how I grew up, will affect us how we see a situation, for good or bad. It just does. And we, we take away from that what should be done about it, or what shouldn't be done about it. And so as we go into it, our worldview affects us tremendously. We don't, we don't think about it. We just live our life. But that's the idea, recognizing there are different worldviews in the world, and because of that, you will have different ways people approaching, trying to fix the situation. Has there been chaos in our country the last couple of years? Yeah, it has. There's been a lot of brokenness, hasn't there? A lot, of, a lot of conflict. Part of this conflict, I believe, is because of different ways of looking at the world. And what's causing this problem and how to fix that problem. And... So this recognizing this, I think, will help us to relate with others in a, in a correct way. And then we go back to ourselves. How, as a Christian, how do I base what I believe? What do I base it on? And so we'll look at that also tonight, Lord willing. So, so first of all, so why does it matter what worldview we, world we believe? This is number two. Why does it matter what worldview... Oh, no, I can't really say this right. It's like a tongue twister for me. Why does it matter what worldview we believe? Well, first of all, what's one? Let what, me have an idea. Why does it matter, first of all? What's one point? What do you think? Okay, exactly. That's one way. It, it depends. What does it affect? My worldview will affect what? What's, what's that? What I, what I do. Exactly. But what else in the future? What will it affect? Okay, yes. And basically, first, that's number two. It will affect how we live in this world, right? That's number two on this list. It will affect how we live in this world. The, the things we do, <laughs> our families, our community, the, the physical, emotional, uh, spiritual view of my physical or my living, my life. It will affect how I live my life. But what is most important? What actually comes after us life? What comes after? What comes after? We die and we enter what? Eternity. Exactly. Our worldview will impact our eternity. <laughs> That's the most important thing, right? It will affect how we live this world and how we relate with others, which is also important. But in reality, our worldview, which is the most important of all things, affects 
our destiny eternally. Okay? So do we make sure we get it right? Because your, your worldview is, is based on belief. Okay? It's based on belief. So no, we need to make sure we get it right. <laughs> and, and why it's right. Because this will dictate where we spend eternity. Because worldview is based on, it said, what did it say before? It's uh, overall perspective, or letter B is a collection of beliefs about life in the universe. Our collection, am I, remember, our belief in Christ helps us understand, it gives us eternal life, right? If you believe, you're not, you're not, you're not condemned. If you don't believe, you are condemned. Scripture talks about that. And so our belief in Christ does shape eternity for us. And so that's the first thing I want us to understand. It does. Our belief, uh, or what our worldview is, will impact where we spend eternity. And in Acts 4.12, it talks about that. Acts 4.12. Because a common thought now that heaven, and we'll talk more about these other worldviews, but it deals with that there's many ways, <laughs> or we all have valid beliefs. Every belief is valid in itself, okay? And that's one of the later ones, dealing with postmodernism. But there's a belief also that, that like, heaven's is top of this mountain. And basically, there's all, like, do you go to, Climb a mountain, there's all sorts of ways to climb up that mountain, correct? Yeah. You mean you might have one main road to get up there, but no, if I want to come the back way or come over here, all sorts of ways to, to reach the summit of that mountain. That's a, that'd be a, a worldview. Just everything's equal. Everything's. Do we as Christians believe that? Are there many ways to heaven? No, we would say no, a definite no. Why do we believe that? Because in, in, in Acts 4.12, it clarifies it clearly. It says uh, in Acts four twelve, not in any, not sorry, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Speaking of Christ, we must be saved through Christ. There is no other way. You know this idea: there's a mountain, and all sorts of ways lead up to the top. Is a false belief. It's a false worldview. Okay. And so knowing uh, this idea, there is only one way, and it talks about there, there's a narrow way, and a wide, ra- uh, wide road, a narrow road, narrow gate, wide gate. Speaking of, there's only one way. Christ is clear. Scripture is clear. There is only one way. So basically, as our worldview will impact where we spend eternity. It will. Um, and it also impacts how we live. This letter B impacts how we live in this world. So why should we take this time to study different worldviews? Why should we even have a class like this? Any ideas? Why do you think? Why should we even worry about this? Studying. We're going to study tonight the truth. You know, why? And we're also going to go into talking about Christianity. Because we believe that is the truth. Okay? So we can understand why we study Christianity, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we've been studying Christianity, most of us, since... Been three or four years old going to Sunday school, right? We've been t- studying the Christian worldview from little on up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> We've had that privilege. 
of learning as a young, young kid, young child, growing up through, the whole way up through. We think about how often or how much we've learned through life. Do you ever think about that? How much knowledge we've received? <laughs> it's amazing you start thinking about it. You start adding the hours and hours from Sunday school <laughs> to, to going you know, up through, say, even through 20 years old. Say you have 10 years of Sunday school. How much is it? A half hour? We'll say a half hour each Sunday. That's, and then a half, and a half hour sermon, let's say. It's probably short an hour. That's 50 hours a year right there just in church. Then you have your Wednesdays. You have your, your, your youth club. You have, teach, you have school. We've had the privilege of learning amazing amount of information about what? Our Christian worldview. And it's a huge blessing, a huge blessing. So, but why should we, should we study or why should we study different worldviews or understanding others? You know, why should we study about, and we'll talk about different ones, Islam and, and uh, uh, Marxism. Why should we study these things? And I think one of it is, let's go to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Who wants to look up Romans 12, 1 and 2 for me? There you go. Thank you. Romans 12. Next one will be 1 Peter 3.15. 1 Peter 3.15. Another. We actually have it on our sheet. You can just actually read it if you want to, Elvin. I actually have number two. I don't have, I don't have number. I don't have Romans 12.1. So read Romans 12 and 2. The next one is 1 Peter 3.15. We'll just go through it on, on the sheet. Go for it. Yes. Very good. Now Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect word. Okay, very good. Thank you, Alvin. Okay, so Romans 12, 2 in the ESV, it says, do not be conformed. What's that word mean, conformed? Exactly. Don't be molded. You know, take Play-Doh and try to form up little things. Don't be Molded by the world's ideas, but be transformed by what? What's it say? Transformed by your what? Renewing your mind. Yes, and renewing. Make it new. Your mind. Mind is a part of intellectual exercise, right? What, what do we go to school for? To develop what? Not exactly. Yes, you have other things you're developing, but one of the main things, you're learning your math, you're learning your English, you're learning your uh, history, your science, to renew your mind, to bring your mind into understanding more about the world as how it is, okay? But in Scripture, we also need to, sometimes we think, you know, our mind is, yes, we, it's important, but faith is more important, you know, just this feeling. <laughs> and that's part of Christian faith, but it's not. God wants us to use our mind, Right? He does. And so, uh, Romans 12, uh, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the idea is, with our mind. So we're going to study some worldviews to understand (laughs) there is a part of our intellect we need to use, right? And now the next one in verse... uh, Peter 3.15, I'll go ahead and read it. It says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord. Honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being 
prepared, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Can you answer that hope? Can you answer why you have that hope? I hope we can. We've had plenty of knowledge built in here, haven't we, through the years? We've had it given to us. Can I answer to someone else? If someone asks, Lauren, why, why do you act the way you Why do you have this hope? Why do you have this smile on your face? Why are you not frustrated about what everything's going on in your life? How can you live at peace in this? And at that moment, we have an opportunity to relate to others that hope that's within us. But how are we supposed to do it? With arrogance? What's it say? Yes, exactly. With uh, gentleness or meekness and respect. Respecting others also. Okay? Sometimes we come across as arrogant, can't we? We can. You know, I got the answer. This is it. This has got to be the way it's going to be. And just, you're, you know, and God actually says, yes, we need to be ready to give an answer. But do it with gentleness and respect, with meekness. Exactly. And then the story in Acts. So these are some reasons why we should study different worldviews, why we should know what other people are, when they see this situation, this is why they respond that way. Does it have any validity? Maybe. Maybe not. But it still helps understand. So in Acts 17, this is a story probably most of us know. I'll leave someone to read for me. Acts 17, 16 through 34. Various verses here. Who would like to read? It's about, yeah, 17, 18 verses, whatever it is here. Who would like to read that? Volunteer? Thank you. This is a story of Paul, and he's in Athens. It's a common, it's a pretty common story in the book of Acts about Paul. Let's go ahead and go ahead and read that. 16 That's correct. Wherefore, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. 
Okay, thank you. So this is a story of Paul coming into Athens, and is he willing to share the truth? Was he preaching the truth? Yes, he was. He came in and preached. It says he preached uh, that, uh, let's see, before he was preaching, I guess, yeah, he came in there. He said to be a proclaimer because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. So he was preaching this. He's preaching Jesus and the resurrection. So they brought him to Areopagus, and they said, we want, to, we want you to hear more. What's going on here? What are you preaching? And so where did Paul start? Well, he's walking, he goes back. He goes into their culture. And he says, you know what? You, you have all these idols, and you have one that says to the unknown God. He said, I'm here to proclaim that God who made the heaven and the earth. So Paul knew their worldview, did he not? Yes. And he gave him a base now to start his proclamation of Christ. And he wasn't, he didn't just, he actually talks about his poets. He knew their poets, it says. And it says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. For we are indeed, for we are also his offspring. The idea is here, Paul knew the worldview in Athens. He knew what was going on there. Did he preach Christ? Yes. Did he preach Christ unashamedly? Yes. Because he knew that was the truth. But he was able to use the worldview from the Athens about all these gods. He had his gods. They were worshiping. He based, he started that. He used that to proclaim Christ. And so as we go into these worldviews, look at the different worldviews, we need to first of all recognize Christianity is the truth. <laughs> Scripture is true, whether we believe it or not. It is true. It is God's word. But as we study into some of these other worldviews, it's help us recognize Okay, if I meet someone with this mindset, this is what they're, they're thinking. How can I bring Christ into their worldview and show where, where maybe a little bit that's right that you can, you can acknowledge and encourage, but then share Christ. <laughs> share it unashamedly, but in a way that's understandable to, who, to, to their worldview of what they're seeing. Okay? And so... Some of those things, that's one of the reasons I think I want to look at some of these worldviews this week to understand what other people are looking at, what they're gathering, and how they approach the world because of it. Because sometimes it's frustrating. It's like, what are they thinking? <laughs> what? You know, sometimes like every decision they're making is, I would say, is wrong. Why are they making it? And a lot of times it's based on <laughs> their worldview. You know, sometimes it might be just for their carnal desires. And a lot of times it's probably that. But other times it's, it's their view of what they believe is right and wrong and where they get their truth and, and those kind of things. So yes, I believe scripturally, I think it's all right, I think it's good to understand other cultures, other people, other worldviews, how they live their life and help us to understand because our goal is to share Christ with them. Recognizing there is not many ways to heaven, there is only one way and it's through Christ and Christ's atonement on the cross, his blood shed and and, and his resurrection. That's where our salvation comes from. That's where forgiveness of sins comes from. We have received that. 
But God desires all men to be saved, does he not? It says that. He wants all men to come to knowledge of the truth. He wants all men to, to know and, and come to the repentance. So we need to be able to prepare for that. We need to be able to give a reason for that hope that lies within us. But do it in a way that's, that's uh, gentle and respectful. Okay, now we're going to go into a little bit now into, into we talked about how the worldview affects our action. Our worldview will affect how we act out our life. And there's a term we use that, uh, this is number four, that ideas have consequences. Ideas have consequences. Is that a correct statement? What do you think? Exactly. How we perceive something will have consequences. And, um, and basically what it means is our ideas will affect our actions. Our ideas will affect my action or your action. For the good or bad, right? Exactly. For the good or bad. Not all ideas, not all ideas are wrong. Not all ideas are right. But they will affect how we live our life. Okay? So... And, and number five here, our worldview forms our belief, our, shapes our convictions, and then they solidify or they, or they make solid in our life. It, it goes into habits. Okay? So basically our worldview will form our belief, will shape our convictions, and will solidify, it will solidify, can I say that word, solidify? Or, I'm sorry, solidify, thank you. I wasn't saying it right. Thank you. This isn't coming out right. Solidify um, our, our habits into how we live our life, okay, every day. And so what are some good examples and what are some bad examples of that? First of all, I want to think of us as, as a Christian. We would say a Christian worldview is correct and it's good, right? What are some things that have been done in the name of Christ that are good examples? Because of what we believe, or what our other people have believed, things that have taken shape because of that, that would have been a blessing to society. Any ideas? Has there been anything? Okay. Yes, you have, and what's the purpose of the sewing circle? Yeah, those that maybe don't have blankets, right? Or they have babies, they did, yes, exactly, to provide necessities. For the cold or whatever it might be, yes, provide for people that have needs. What's something else has been done? What's something else has been done? Yes. Why would they do that? Exactly. But why would he want to help the people? Okay. They come back to Christ, yes. And we care for them, right? What's, the, what's, the, what's God say the two commandments are in, in the New Testament? Exactly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? And we believe that, right? So what happens? Our actions come forth. Having sewing circles to provide for the needy. Drilling wells. How many hospitals have you noticed that have Christian names on it? Yeah, there's quite a few that have started basically because of a, Christ, of a need. And Christians have seen that and tried to, 
And even, it's interesting, even a lot of, my understanding, a lot of your um, high-end college, like Harvard and Yale, they were started, Princeton, I'm not, not sure which all ones were, were started as Bible colleges, <laughs> recognizing to, to train leaders to teach the word. Now they've been changed <laughs> into other things. But they were started with a purpose of, my understanding, to share the gospel, to, to provide education so people could share with knowledge, <laughs> okay? Uh, but no, you look, it's interesting, the different things that have happened, because, because someone is a Christian, what, what's happening tonight? Why do you take this time going there, picking these children up, bringing them in here? Does it take time out of your life? Is it preparation? Exactly. But why do we do it? Because we care for their soul, right? Exactly. How, what's it say here? Our worldview forms our beliefs, shapes our convictions, and then solidifies into habits. You live your life. Because of our worldview as Christians, we know there's only one way to heaven. And we care for people's souls. We could just care for ourselves, right? I know. If they want to live that way, let them go. But no, that's not loving God and loving your neighbor, is it? No. When we love our neighbor, we're going to want to share the gospel. And we use the example a lot. The idea if there's a, there's a house on fire, what would you do? Would you say, oh, they're sleeping. It's nighttime. 12 o'clock, I go past. Man, it's laid out. They're sleeping. I know there's a fire, but let them sleep. Would we do that? Fire coming out? Of the- no. We'd go up the door and say, get out. There's a fire here. You're going to burn. Because we care for that person. Okay. It's amazing you think through that, how much within our lives, why we do certain things, because of our worldview, that there's eternity coming, <laughs> and every one of us have a soul. It doesn't matter what language you speak, what, where you live, we're all the same people, right? We all have the same need, need peace with God. And recognizing that now, that drives our actions, and so those things, it comes back to eternity and then how we live our life. But our worldview, what are, so that's some good examples. What are some bad examples that have happened in, in life because of worldview that somebody had? Anybody have any ideas? Yeah. What, what has happened there? How many people have died? I mean, that are the numbers. I should read some here. But you're exactly right. How many people have died because of the worldview of Marxism or, or turns over to communism? Anybody know? Millions. Millions. Exactly right. They say, they had a, na- a number here. They said, uh, communist regimes slaughtered well over 100 million people in the 20th century. Huge amount of people. Over 100 million. Nazism. What did that take place? Yeah. How many people like they figure I killed there? Jews alone. What do they say? Six or seven million for Jews? Six. But then there's, yes. They figured around, they figured, they said here, Nazism systematically exterminated approximately 21 million people, not counting the tens of millions who died in battles initiated by the Nazi regime. Because of a false worldview, this stuff took place. That makes sense? Your worldview, my worldview, their worldview, our worldviews will affect what takes place in this world. It really will. For the good or bad? Yes. And then the false worldview of a false Christian 
Exactly right. In the early 1700s and 1500s. Gotcha. Exactly, you're exactly right. Back when they, yes. Yes. And so, yeah, Christianity, the name Christianity always hasn't done good, has it? There's been some, there's been some bad things happen in the name of Christ. You're exactly right. Because it might have been name, but they weren't based, I don't believe, on Scripture. You had a false view of what it said. And some of that was, I think, because, which I, we don't understand the blessing of it, but we have Scripture in our own language. Huge blessing? Yes, huge blessing. We can read it, right? We know we can read at that time, a lot of people just had to listen to what people said. And they had to take it as fact, not being able to check. Huge, huge example. I mean, huge blessing. Okay, very good. We'll finish up here quick and have a break. Uh, the six worldviews we want to study this year. I'm sorry, this year. <laughs> uh, oh, we're going to build this year. Oh, these, these five days will be... Um, tomorrow night, I want to talk about Islam. You can just fill that in here. Islam. So the first letter A is Christianity, which we're talking about a little bit here yet. Christianity. B is Islam. C is new spirituality. New spirituality. And that's wrapped up in Hinduism and Buddhism and some of those things. Talk about that. Uh, secularism would be letter D. Secularism. E is Marxism in your notes. And F would be postmodernism. Postmodernism. So Christianity, Islam, New Spirituality, Secularism, Marxism, Postmodernism. There might be other worldviews, even smaller ones. These are the ones they had picked out to focus on in this uh, summit, in this book here. There's a quote here from Ravi Zacharias. I know I've, probably a lot of us are really disappointed in that all that happened there with Ravi Zacharias um, with what came out after he died. But he, also, he was an intelligent man. And it's hard for me to understand how he lived those two lives. I don't understand that. But he had, a, he had an idea here. He said, when you think of it, really there are four fundamental questions of life. You've asked them. I've asked them. Every thinking person asked them. And they boil down to this. These are in the blanks. The first one is origin. Origin. Where did I come from? <laughs> That's what we think about, you know. As Christians, we just kind of just take this and we just apply it. We don't think much about it. But someone that's not a believer, and we'll do it ourselves, but we, we have answers to these things. But uh, people will think, origin. The second one, they'll talk about meaning. Meaning. What brings meaning to life? What, has, what, has, what brings meaning to my life? Nothing else people think about in general. Where did I come from? Origin. What's the meaning? And then Morality. What's right? What's wrong? How do I know right from wrong? That's the other thing that people think about. And what's the last one that a lot of people think about? You have origin, you have, um, you have meaning, you have morality, you have one more. What do you think the last one is? I'm sorry? The future, yes. The, our destiny, right? What happens after I die? <laughs> do people think about that? I believe they do. I believe they do. And so those things are, are things that basically most people will think about sometime in their life. Their origin, where they came from, 
Uh, how do I come into being? What brings life meaning? Uh, that's the meaning. And then also morality. How do I know right from wrong? And then where am I headed after I die? That is a things that we, Rabbi Zacharias talked about. These are things that common people think about. Uh, maybe don't, when during the day when they're too busy, they don't. But when they lay in bed at night, looking at the ceiling, before they go to sleep, what if I don't wake up tomorrow morning? What's going to happen? But these things will affect our worldview. Okay? All right, we have a break right now, and um, we'll go from there. They're passing out the paper. So what are the four things that most people ask in life? What was the first one? Origin. Origin. Yes. Where did I come from? What's the second? Meaning. Meaning. Well, yes. What's the purpose of life? The third one? Moral. Moral. Yes. Morality. What's right? What's wrong? And the last one? The destiny. Yes. Destination. What's coming after I die? Thank you. Appreciate it. You have one over here? There you go. That's all right. All right, now we're going to go into the worldview of Christianity. This is the one that we're familiar with. And trying to, uh, tomorrow night I'd like to talk about Islam. But tonight we want to get to the original. We want to get to the truth, the basis first. Um, We've had the privilege of growing up, most of us here, in Christian homes. Christian education probably a lot of us have had. And sometime in your life, you had Sunday school, church, maybe... Uh, CVS, maybe, you know, uh, EBI, EBI or SMBI. So many opportunities to learn about our Christian worldview and what it is. So, so first of all, how many billion people would say that they are Christians by name? What do you think that, that number would be? You know what they guess? Okay, yep, you're right, yes. What do they say? What do they say as far as the percent of people? We're talking Catholicism. We're talking the whole general scope of someone saying a Christian by name. Yeah, I was actually saying that, yeah. Good job, John. Yes, it says more, this says more than 2 billion people in the world claim to be Christians. okay. How many people live in the world? What do they say? Yeah, seven and a half, eight billion, somewhere in there. Exactly. So a lot of people, right? (laughs) So they actually say close to a quarter of the world would have the name Christian, in a sense, of the worldview. And as we know within that, we would say there are some beliefs that would not be based on truth. They would have the name of Christian, but maybe not practice it, or not even understand Scripture in a sense to practice it. So now we look at what are the basic beliefs of the Christian faith? What would we say are basic beliefs of the Christian faith or the Christian worldview? First of all, we would say letter A, we're a monotheistic uh, belief. We have a monotheistic belief that believes in the Trinity, and the Trinity would be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Okay. When I say monotheistic, what I'm saying is, it's the doctrine or belief that there is only one God. Mono means one, 
theistic is uh, God. So, so monotheistic, belief in one God. That's one of the beliefs or one of the understandings of a Christian worldview of being monotheistic. Letter B, we would say God is revealed in the Holy Bible. Okay, God is revealed in the Holy Bible. And the term we use for this is called special revelation. We would say our special revelation comes through Scripture. We would say Scripture is the Word of God. A Christian would say, Christian worldview says that the Bible is the Word of God, called special revelation. It was specially given out. Letter C, we would say also God is revealed in the creation. Creation. And we call that what? Anybody know what that would be called? Exactly. General revelation. So you have special revelation, which is in Scripture. You have general revelation, which the whole world has, right? And where do we get this idea that the whole world knows about general revelation, knows about that there is a God? Where do we have that in Scripture? Anybody know? Where does it talk about that? Yeah. And what does it say? Yeah, and it says they're without what? Yeah, they're without excuse. So everyone, it says, in Romans 12, 1, it says, for since the, this is Romans 1, chapter 1, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So the whole world, in a sense, is without excuse, knowing that there is a God. Okay knowing that they might not know who the God is because not having received special revelation, which comes through Scripture. That's one of the reasons there is Wycliffe. <laughs> There's, uh, now it's, uh, what's it called? Right? The one, the Anabaptist, uh, what's it called? Translating Scripture. All nations, all nations Bible translations. Yeah. Basically, why are they doing that? Why are they taking time to learn this language and then translate into that language? Because special revelation reveals Jesus. Okay? Can God work through other ways? And has he worked through other ways already? Yeah, I believe he has. Through dreams and some visions and things like that. But normally, they, no, no, sorry. Normally, <laughs> Spanish. Normally, it comes through Scripture. God used the special revelation of Scripture to reveal Jesus and reveal who He is. Okay? So we have general revelation and we have special revelation. Letter D. Uh, something else we would be, say, there is a personal God. It's not just some force out there, some feeling. We would say there's a personal God, Christianity would say that, who created the world through His Son, Jesus Christ. This would be another belief of the Christian worldview. There's a personal God, and you'll see as we talk about new spirituality, they would talk about this force or this conscience. Their God is like, it's out here, not a personal, intimate God. Okay? Now we also have letter E. Humans were created, how? In the image of God. This is something else Christian, uh, Christian worldview would say. We're creating the image of God, but are broken and separated from God because of sin. 
We're created in the image of God, but are broken and separated from God because of sin. I've heard the, the idea of using, when you think of a burnt-out light bulb, an incandescent light bulb. You have this light bulb up there. It has the form of a, a light bulb, but there's no light in it. Does that make sense? And that kind of helps me understand. I think that's how we are in some ways. We have the form or kind of the future of God. We have some attributes or some, you know, we can we have ration, we can think rationally. We have we're we have etern- we're gonna live eternally now. Somewhere, someplace. We we do have a beginning. God never had a beginning. We have a beginning, but we do I don't think we have an end. We're living forever, somewhere, someplace. Okay, and that's why we we strive to go out and share people about Christ because recognizing there is, and this is another one we're talking about, heaven and a hell. So basically, uh, we are creating God's image. That's another uh, belief of Christianity, or the Christian worldview. Letter F, F, salvation comes through what? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Salvation comes through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the basis of the Christian worldview. Letter G, there is a time of final judgment after death. We believe, it says, and where do we get that from in Scripture? Where do we get that done in Scripture? It's a point on the man what? Wants to die, and after that? The judgment, exactly. There is a time of judgment. Whether we ignore it, whether we say it's not true, it doesn't change it. There will be for all of us here. And so as Christian worldview, we'd say, no, there is a final judgment after death. Letter H, heaven and hell are real places. Heaven and hell are real places. That'd be another worldview or a belief in the Christian worldview. There is a final, uh, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And Letter I, I have nothing in there. Would you add anything else to this? What else would you put if you were making this list? Anything else? We grew up with a Christian worldview, Christian faith. Is there anything else that we would say is part of this Christian worldview? Thank you, God, for salvation. <laughs> we be thankful. Okay. Anything else? The basic tenets of Christianity. Yeah, I'm not sure. You might be. Some, go ahead. Okay. The the. Okay. Yeah, it goes along with death and resurrection, but we don't have the life of Christ in here, do we? Born of a virgin or that? Yeah. Most Christianity don't have anything about that as far as how Christ came. Okay. Believe Jesus is eternal, coming as a man, humble himself, and take upon the form of man to the point of death. So there's one you could put in there. Anything else? So these are some of the basic tenets of what a Christian worldview looks like. Okay? And so what I want you to look through here is for a few minutes. The next question is, does Christianity answer the four questions? And what are the four questions again? 
What was the first one? Origin. Origin. Second? Meaning. Third one? Morality. Fourth? There you go. Think a little bit. Write it down. Is there any verses that come to mind in some of these? Any verses or anything that sticks out? Does, this, does Christianity answer those four questions? Okay. What's it say? Yes. Does that give us meaning? Yeah, it does. It does. Any others? Okay. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It gives us a, re- a re- origin, doesn't it? Yes, and then he talks about how man was created. And yes, exactly. Okay. Any others? How about morality? Does it answer the morality question about what's right and wrong? Does Christianity, the Christian worldview, answer the question of what's right and what's wrong? Exactly. And where do we learn that from? Yeah, which is our special revelation. God has revealed himself. What is right and wrong? The moral part. (laughs) Yes, Christianity does answer that. And then destiny, does it answer that? What happens after death? Does scripture or does the Christian worldview answer that question? It does. Clearly, it does. And uh, in Revelation, it, it speaks of the new heaven and new earth, and it speaks of the final, uh, with no more tears, no more suffering. And yes, it does speak of that. So it does, Christianity, praise the Lord, answers these questions of origin, of meaning. I'm sorry? Amen, yes. We can rest at night knowing this, okay? We can rest at night. Origin, meaning, morality, destiny. Christianity answers those. I think it answers them clearly and in a way that's understandable and makes sense. Any other thoughts about this? We're coming to the end here. Any other thoughts about what we spoke about tonight? Exactly. But there's many, many people in the world that, you know, they have been taught different. And yep. they have been taught as a child and, and as a youth. And, and so they, that's how they form their worldview. Mm-hmm. So my question is, yeah, how much are they responsible for what they have been taught? Okay, good question. And this comes down, a lot of, that's the question we ask sometimes, aren't they? Because we do believe there's a final judgment, right? That's one of our worldviews. And God will judge. How do, we, how do we share? You're basically saying what happens if someone doesn't know, right? Or has been taught differently. How will God, are you, is that your final, how will God judge in the end? Is that what you're kind of bringing out or not necessarily? How much are they responsible for that? What do you think, guys? Is there any scripture that's helps teach us and clarifies this? Or how do you answer someone when they ask you that? How do you answer? There's a scripture that indicates to whom much is given, much will be required. Yeah. 
Exactly right. More, I'm telling you that what I, with much, <laughs> think of that phrase, with much blessing comes more responsibility. I believe that. We in here, we're not going to have an excuse, are we? First of all, we have nature teaching us, but we've also had, that's general revelation, but we also have special revelation that's been clearly taught us. And so, coming back, we have no excuse. Now, someone else, how do we justify that? How do we, how do we clarify that? It does say that, doesn't it? Exactly. It's just, I mean, you take yeah. uh, Psalm 19 in consideration there. Hmm. The heavens declare. Yeah, and it says there's no speech nor language where that voice isn't heard. Hmm. So it's like, but how is it justifiable to condemn, for, for God to condemn eternally those who profess not to have had knowledge? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's what I come... A lot of times when we're asked that question, why are they asking that question? Sometimes they want to know. Exactly. Sometimes they want to justify themselves, aren't they? Like you talk to someone about the Christ, they say, what about that person over here that never heard? How is God going to... In a sense, justifying that I don't need to know because I don't need to make a decision for Christ because that person over there. You know what? At this point, they will be without excuse for sure because <laughs> now they do know. What are they going to do with it? Does that make sense? And the one thing I, keep, I always come back to is this. God will and does judge justly. Correct? And that's where, we, that's where I said it. God will judge justly in those situations. We all know that. But it's hard for us to see that, isn't it? It ought to drive us out there to the highways and byways, <laughs> to the uttermost parts of the earth, sharing the gospel, knowing there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Right? Exactly. We have a calling in our life. And it's not just to see how big a house I can build. <laughs> it's not to say, it's not, it's not it. It's not wrong to have a big house, but that's not our purpose in life. As Christians, we have a purpose bigger than that. Praise the Lord. We have meaning, right? As we learn. We have origin, we have meaning, we have morality, and we have destiny. Do I believe it? <laughs> Do I believe, as Tom was talking about there. What do we do? The people that have grown up differently. That's a sad state, isn't it? That's a terrible state to be in. We have a job, guys, and it's not just to, to learn without giving out. We learn so now we can tell others. Right? And we have learned. I have learned. I have no excuse. If I don't, if I don't live my Christian life in a way that honors God, I have no excuse. I have how many Bibles? <laughs> how much access do I have to Scripture to know what God desires of me? And now, recognizing because there is a destiny for all of us, it ought to promote us, it ought to make us go, <laughs> go, go, wherever that might be, whether it's next door neighbor, bringing these children in. We recognize there's a destiny for these children, right? That's why you do this. I believe it is. <laughs> Because there's a destiny. And we desire these children also to have the destiny of salvation, of, of hope in Christ, right? So, yes, it's work, but it's a, it's a work that honors God. And God says he desires all men. 
And he says, go, you know, the world and preach the gospel to every, every nation. Go. And wherever it might be, whether it's in Gap, whether it's in Parksburg, Coatesville, <laughs> go. Preach where we go. So, yes, uh, good question. But I, that's, that's what I usually fall back on. I know God will judge justly in those situations, and I'll leave it at that. But the person, the person who's asking me that has heard the gospel, I say, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> you do know now. You have no excuse. But you're also right, John. The scripture says everyone's without excuse because creation is there. And we recognize there's a God. But recognizing, can somebody be saved through regular gender revelation? Only God knows. Seems like special revelation to reveal Christ needs to be given to. To someone come to that knowledge. Whether God does it through scripture, which is the most, that's the basis. But I think he also can do it through dreams or visions sometimes. God decides that. God decides that. But our part is to get scripture in people's hands that they can read. And they know. And they can rejoice in the fact that <laughs> there is hope after this life. There is, there is right and wrong. There is a meaning to life. Because right now we're living in a world, it seems like, I don't know if it feels like the world's coming apart as it seems, right? It does feel like that. And they're looking for meaning. They're looking for purpose. <laughs> they're looking for, for what's life about. And God has given us these answers to share. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the hope we have in Christ and your death and resurrection, and hope through that, God, and peace and joy. And we can rest at night knowing there's a purpose, there's a meaning, there's a morality, there's a, there's a destiny that we have waiting for us, God, as believers. But God, help us 